we want to be filled with the knowledge of God's will. God has a will. And, and the knowledge, we know that when we read the word of God, we're not going to perish because we're filled with his knowledge. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. But say, I don't have a lack of knowledge. And in chapter 3, you can turn to Colossians chapter 3, that if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Say Christ, the anointed one. Seated at the right hand of God. I'm seated there with him. Seated with Christ. Christ rose, I rose. I'm not dead. I'm alive in him. The anointed one lives on the inside of me. Therefore, I'm anointed to do valiant things in the name of Jesus. I set my mind on the things above and not the things beneath. Say it over yourself. I set my mind on the things above and not on the things of the earth. For my life, for I died and my life is now hidden in Christ. I am hidden in Christ. When Christ who is your life appears then you will also appear with him in glory. Christ, who is your life. Read verse 4 of Colossians 3, verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears. Christ in you is appearing right now. Christ in you, the hope of glory, always appears. We allow Christ to appear through us. In other words, we allow, we allow him to literally manifest and move through us. And so therefore, this scripture, when Christ, who is your life, appears, people think, oh, one day when I die. But no, 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 right now. When Christ, who is your life, appears, he's here with you. He appears and he's visible on the inside of you. He is visible when you let him be visible, right? When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The glory of God is not the one day. It is that, the one day when we go to heaven. But I'm talking about the glory that fills the earth. I'm talking about the glory right here in this place. I'm talking about we get to walk in glory. We get to walk in a cloud of glory. We get to walk and we get to release that glory today and every day. So Christ who is my life uh, that appears in and through me, that his glory is shining all around me, I release that glory and we are one. Say we're one. I'm one with Christ. You're one with Christ. Now turn over to Colossians in chapter one and in verse nine, because you know, we want to pray prayers that get results. And I've been teaching you about prayers that gets results. I was talking to you on Saturday night and the message was about the effectual fervent prayer, the effectual fervent prayer. We went all through what the effectual prayer meant. And that meaning the Greek word, meaning energy, right? The energizing prayer of the Lord. That, that's prayers that availeth much, uh, that power that's behind that punch, which is the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And so I want to continue in that vein a little bit. And I want to talk to you about prayer that, that gets results. But I want to talk, we're going to be in Colossians today mainly. It's our main text, Colossians chapter 1. And in verse 9. And in verse 9, it says, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray. Since the day you heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ and you received it, you will not cease to 
pray. Say, I will not cease to pray. We're going to pray for ourselves. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to pray for our nation. We will not cease to pray. So the word says, do not cease to pray for you. I do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. You want to know how to pray? Open your Bible. If you want to know how to pray, open up your Bible. Father God, I'm not going to cease to pray. In other words, I'm not going to stop. And the matter of fact, the word says rejoice always. It says pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks. Right? First Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always. Say it with me. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God. This is the will of God. First Thessalonians in chapter 5. So do not cease to pray. I do not cease to pray for you. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. Do you pray over your loved ones that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will? These are prayer strategies, like, like prayer points. To be filled with the knowledge of your will, Father. Open up their eyes, their minds, that they would be filled with the knowledge of your will. When you pray God's word, you get God's results. When you pray God's word, you will get God's results, right? So in Colossians in chapter 1 and in verse 9, Paul, in praying for the church, and we know the scripture says, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by my spirit, saith the Lord. So by the spirit of the living God, he unctions you, open up that Bible, and you start praying. And I want to bring this to your attention today, because you know a lot of people, by Bible, the Bible says my people, they, they are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, Right? In Hosea, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So we don't want to be destroyed for a lack of knowledge. When we have the whole wealth of knowledge right in our hands, wisdom and discernment, and it's the word of God, right? So do not cease to pray. That means we're not going to stop. We're going to be a church that prays continually. You know, when we worship, we pray, right? And worship is prayer. Worship is connecting to the Lord, but it's prayer. It's, it's connecting your spirit to the spirit of God. And so when we sing, we're not just singing songs, but we're literally connecting to God in a form of prayer. It's a form of, of connection. like a it, it is like a waltz. It is like a dance, but it is definitely you and him. And when we do this, we're praying, and the sound that goes forth, it changes, it changes places, atmosphere, atmospheres, but it's changing us too, and it's changing our loved ones too. So we the Bible says to pray always. And so always seems like a little difficult sometimes when you think of how do you pray always? But you know, our spirit man is alive and we're training our spirit man to really be in a posture of prayer continually. And it is a learned thing. It's a trained thing. But I believe that it's spirit to spirit. And God's saying, even when you, remember I taught you before, even when you maybe at that moment are not praying, but you have an attitude of prayer, your heart's desire is to pray. Jesus is doing what? He's, he's interceding. He's seated at the right hand, and he's interceding for He's praying for us. So when you're connected to Jesus, does it matter if I'm praying for myself or if you're praying for me? No, because somebody is praying, right? Does it matter that if... This is the importance of us being corporate in prayer. See, even on the last service, I was teaching you about the, the power of corporate prayer. We have corporate prayer. We pray every time we gather together, and we make it a point that, that when we pray, we're, we're praying in the tongues. We're, I'm speaking to you about the Word of God, and we stand up. We pray. Why? Because corporate prayer is so important. When one person I shared with you about Moses, when, his, when he was getting tired and his arms were going down, and his right, 
Aaron and Ur lifted up his arms, what happened? The battle was being won simply because he may have felt physically tired at that moment, but God sent two others, right? So does it matter necessarily who's doing the praying? If we're praying in one accord and we're praying the will of God, we're covered. Say, I'm covered. I'm going to pray. He says, pray consistently. Pray always. Pray without ceasing. So when we are a body, see, in our culture, we're so used to being so independent. We don't think family. Not necessarily, right? And depending on your, your culture and how you were raised, you may not think family. You may just think independently, just one, right? But that's not, the, that's not God. That's not, he wants us to walk together as a family. So when we are praying for one another even throughout the week, and you may not even know it, but you're still being covered. When you're praying for us, we may not even know it, but we're still being covered. I want you to understand that the army of God is not an isolated individual, but it's an army. It's a group. It's a it's a pack right and we're the we're like we are the ambassadors we're, we come together as one and when we release that sound whether it's through worship whether it's through words that are we can articulate or whether it's through the sound of heaven because we're speaking words that only the spirit understands we're still praying we're praying for one another and we're moving and shifting atmospheres and so in this passage so i've been teaching you about prayer the last few weeks but i want to really talk to you today about the the power of praying the word of god okay so in in colossians again in chapter one verse nine for this reason we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you now you can confidently say i do not cease to pray I just laid it out why you don't cease to pray, because it's not all about you. It's about all of us praying together as a family. It's about God interceding and making up the difference. It's about understanding that God did not leave us all by ourselves. I'm not going to move forward until I know, until the Lord tells me to move forward. But I feel like I just need, do you, I, I need to focus on that just for one more moment. He says, Pray continually without ceasing. When you're connected and you're joined and you said, this is where I belong. This is my family. This is the body of Christ. And you commit yourself in, to, a, to a church or to a body of people. What happens is that you have a covering that is on that house. And if it's a house of prayer, then you have that covering. But even beyond that, you have the covering of Jesus, and therefore your prayers are continual. They're going to continually be presented before the throne of our Lord. And this is in accordance to the scripture because he says pray continually. Alone, we cannot do that. By ourselves, we can't really pray. I mean, think about it in a logical sense. You can't. You may have the best intentions, and you may say, oh, because my spirit's always praying. Well, really, because I'm quite sure that you are human, and there might be a time or two where that didn't actually happen. Maybe you got a little tired, and maybe you actually had a little frustrated with somebody. Maybe you didn't speak 100% in the right tone to them. Or, you know what I'm saying? So, but when you, when you are together in a family, I want you to see this as unity. We cover one another. We are in a body of Christ. Our prayers availeth much together. Amen. All right. I think I've made that point. Now we can Amen. go on to the rest of verse 9. Because there's so much in this first section here of, of um, Colossians. Do not cease to pray for you. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. 
We, we want to be filled with the knowledge of God's will. God has a will. And, and the knowledge, we know that when we read the word of God, we're not going to perish because we're filled with his knowledge. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. But say, I don't have a lack of knowledge. And every day I'm, I'm looking into the word of God. So therefore my knowledge continues to grow. And it's not just knowledge, but it's also discernment. I, when I was on uh, one of the lives that I was teaching and I was talking about discernment, right? And people have, they understand to pray. I, I talk a lot about discernment and about the importance of praying for discernment, asking God to increase your discernment. But with discernment, we need knowledge. We need the knowledge of God. We need the wisdom of God to carry out that discernment. Because sometimes you'll have discernment over something, and God says that was for you to hold on to, to pray. Not to go and speak it out. Not to go and tell anybody or to help correct or whatever, speak it out. It was for you to hang on to, to watch, to wait. Because there's a timing in the spirit there's a timing when people will be ready to receive it and a timing when they won't be ready to receive it. And so if you have discernment, I can see that demon, I can see that. But is that the time to speak it out loud? Because God says, I want to give you not just discernment, but I want to give you the wisdom and the knowledge that actually backs it up so that there's good fruit that comes about from the discernment that I gave you, right? But we're going to know this as we're in the Word of God because we're not, gonna, we're not going to lack knowledge, Right? We won't lack knowledge because we're not going to be destroyed. See, I'm not going to be destroyed because I don't lack knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I'm not going to be destroyed. Amen. So to be filled with the knowledge of his will, that phrase right there. I have it circled in my Bible. You know why? Because I feel that this is so important that when we pray for one another, when we pray for our loved ones, that we pray, Father, fill them with the knowledge of your will. Because there's a lot of other wills out there and there's other forms of wisdom which and knowledge which are not of God fill them with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and in spiritual understanding see I'm gonna earnestly contend for the faith I'm gonna earnestly contend for the faith that means every day moment by moment I'm gonna have spiritual understanding and I'm gonna contend for the faith and you have to contend we have to contend we have to contend because we have a war going on all around us. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, right? And God is using special forces. Lately, the Lord has been talking to me in all these military terms. And I see it in military terms. I see our worship in military terms. Um, like the sound, like I've talked to you guys about the sound. I see that sound as that which goes forth. I know the Bible talks about it. But I see it in a military term. In other words, this is exactly what God is doing. It's the spearhead. It's the spear. There's got to be a point that's going forth and causing that spearhead to actually break through. And so in worship, in prayer, because I told you worship is prayer, in worship and in prayer, we're literally like the spearhead and God is breaking through and that's absolutely required. It's a must. Say it's a must. Because look at what we're dealing with all around us, right? But God is saying there's special forces that he's calling on the scene and you are part of that army of the special forces. But if the special forces don't understand about opening up their Bible and say, fill me with the knowledge of your will, Lord God. Fill me with the knowledge of your will. Fill me with an understanding with your wisdom, Lord God. If our if the special forces think they're just going to go on their own skill or their own giftings, it's not going to last very long, and it's also going to have a destructive end. 
So that's not going to be us. We're not going to have a destructive end. We're not going to be destroyed because we don't have a lack of knowledge. We have the, we understand God's knowledge. We have the mind of Christ. We actually can understand spiritual things, even if you don't think you can. How can I say that? You may not think you can understand spiritual things. And I'm telling you, you can understand spiritual things. You can understand spiritual things because the Bible says you can. And so when you discredit yourself, you disqualify yourself because you don't think you can, then you've just given the enemy an entrance to that front door of your heart. And you're not going to give him an entrance to the front door, not the back door, not any door, not any window, not any crevice at all in the name of Jesus, right? If he says that you can understand spiritual things, and this is what the word says, then you need to embrace the truth and reject the lie. You know, the Bible is alive and the Bible speaks. The Bible tells us not to quench the Holy Spirit, not to grieve the Holy Spirit, which are two completely different things. We're not going to quench and we're not going to grieve. So when, we, when, we, when I preach like this, I know that I'm hearing from the Spirit of God. And I know some of you might be going, wait, can't she just read the next verse? Can't she just read the next verse? No! We're going to be led by the Spirit of God. There's something that He wants to deliver to you right here today. Today. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I love this because we're going to earnestly contend for the faith. We're, we have spiritual understanding, we have wisdom, we have knowledge. And then he says, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. That means that there are some Christians that may be walking in an unworthy way. He's talking to the church. And so he's saying that you may walk worthy of the Lord. My God, Lord, we want to walk worthy of you all the time. For the things we don't understand, Lord God, we want to walk worthy of you. Give us your mindset, Lord. Give us your understanding even more and more and more. That just means that we come in agreement with what you've already done. Then it says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work. If we're going to fully please God, and if we're going to be fruitful in every good work, and let's stop right there. If I'm going to be fully pleasing God, I'm going to be fruitful in every work. That means that I'm going to walk by faith. That means when I don't understand something or I don't feel like it, I'm going to walk by faith. And we know only in, with, through faith I can please God. I'm going to please God when, when I walk in faith. You know, Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more, right? But it says they had faith. He's mentioned in the Hall of Faith, of, of faith in Hebrews 11. It says that he walked with God. He said he pleased God. He didn't just walk with God. You, he pleased God. We don't want to just walk with God. Hey, that sounds great. I walk with God. But don't we want to also please him in that walking? We want to please him in that walking. So only a walk of faith is going to please God. So no matter what's going on in our lives at any moment in time, we know that if we stay close to the word and we speak, let the word come out of our mouths, the word is near us. Where is the word? It's near us. Where is it? It's in our mouth and it's in our heart. It's in our mouth and it's in our heart. The word is near us. The word is near. Say it over yourself. Some of you just, I repeat the scriptures on purpose, people. I repeat it on purpose because I want you to get them in your spirit, man. So the word is near me. It is in my mouth and it's in my heart. The word is near me. That means Jesus is so near that Jesus is on my tongue that I'm going to speak Jesus. I'm going to sing Jesus. I'm going to decree Jesus. He's in my heart. I'm going to feel him. I'm going to dream the dreams of God. I'm going to know his emotions, his heart, his love for me because he's in my heart. His word, his word. Jesus is the word, the living word. And he says, if Jesus is the living word, the word of God, 
And the word of God dwelt amongst us, walked amongst us, right? And he's inside of us. What's inside of us? The word of God. The word of God is on the inside of you. If the word of God is on the inside of you and it's in your mouth, uh, then therefore you must speak that word. But it's our job to meditate so we can actually get it to the place where we can speak it out. But it's in you because Christ is in you. So in other words, he's going to help you. He'll, he will help you. He'll help you me me uh, memorize word, this word when you just allow him to. Because he's already in you and it's his will. It is his will that you do this. How many of you guys say, I want to grow in that area. I want to be, I want to really have that word. I want to chew on it. I want to, I want to pray it. I want to know it inside and out. And so that's a good want. That's a good want. That's a good thing to want, right? It's a good thing. And he will help us with this. But we have to put our, we have to actually make our effort, right? Put that foot in front of us and move and do. Because here it says, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work. But then it says, increasing in the knowledge of God. So if we're going to increase in the knowledge of God, that means God will come, the Lord will come to us in layers of revelation that we basically, we allow him to. So as much I walk in as much of the power of God that I am opening myself up to, you know, I, I walk in the, the level of God's anointing. You could say it that way that I have allowed and same with you. You walk in the level of anointing that you have allowed. The anointed one is Christ. So Jesus, the anointed one that you walk with, Enoch walked with him. He talked with him, right? He had faith. The, uh, the level, the, the amount of anointing that you walk with with Christ is the amount that you've actually allowed him to. So maybe we need to shift some priorities and put more time in the word. And that will always, always benefit you. And it will benefit those that you're connected to. And so look at the verse 11. He says, strengthened with all might. That word might is power to destroy giants. Power to destroy giants. And he says, I want to strengthen. He says, strengthen with all might. Remember, he's praying. What is Paul? Paul is praying. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. We ask. He says, we ask that you would be. And then he goes and he lists all these different phrases in prayer. At the very end, well, not the end, but on verse 11, he says, and he's praying that you would be strengthened with all might, which means power to destroy giants. Who wouldn't pray that? Lord, strengthen me with all might, with all power to destroy giants. Lord, strengthen my family, strengthen my spouse, my children with all might to destroy the giants that are coming against them. See, we could do it for them and we could pray, but how about us praying for them that they would do it? Don't you want to see them rise up? Yes, absolutely. And we are seeing them rise up. We are seeing many of, we get, we're getting testimonies of children and grandchildren that are turning around. Their lives are on. God's turning them around because they're willing. They're yielded. So it says, strengthen with all power according to his glorious power with all patience and all long suffering and with joy. And there's that word again that we were saying even during our worship time, joy. And I believe that, you know, that is such a powerful word, three-letter word, joy. But it's such a powerful word. Because think about the opposite. When you, have, when you lack joy, what do you have? You have misery. What do you have? You have heartache. You have, you just, you have, you have oppression. You, you know, people that don't walk in joy, it's evident, right? 
And then people that walk in joy, it's also evident, right? But we're going to be people that choose joy no matter what. We choose joy. And when you choose joy, joy starts to well up. And it's a fruit of the Spirit. And so we choose to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. And God gives more. And it has nothing to do with your circumstances because some of those circumstances are still the same. But God will change you. You know what he did for me? He changed me before he changed the external circumstances. And I know he does that for all of us, probably. I would assume most. He changes us first, right, before he actually changes the circumstances. And so, he, you know, all of a sudden I was filled with joy. All of a sudden I was filled with this expectancy, this hope, this healing, this power. And nothing changed on the outside, but everything changed inside first. And once everything changed on the inside first, then I started to see the change on the outside, things that I've been praying for. But it's all found in the Word of God. He says long-suffering. He says patience and joy. Have You guys have heard that, right? Oh, I don't want to pray for patience. It's like the joke, you know. People will joke that they don't want to pray for patience, but I personally don't agree. I, I, I think really, because you know what? Let patience have its perfect work in you. We want patience to have its perfect work inside of us. And so when patience does not have its perfect work on the inside of us, then we're not producing the righteous fruits that God wants us to walk in. Progress, process. Right? That means we choose to allow whatever circumstance would want to get you with a lack of patience. Instead, say, no, I choose patience. I choose the joy of the Lord. I choose to bless when I just want to be angry or frustrated. I choose to bless. I'm going to pray instead. I'm going to raise my voice. I'm going to shout that hallelujah because I can. Let's go down to, well, we'll just keep going, verse 12. Giving, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers. I'm, I'm qualified. Say, I'm qualified to be a partaker. That means I'm going to partake. I'm going to take part in. What are you going to take part in? I'm going to take part in the table that God has set before me. And that is a banqueting table. Every single one of us is taking a part at that table. Because been, we've been qualified by Christ. Look what it says, the inheritance. Man, maybe you were excluded, maybe in, in your uh, younger years, but God says, I qualify you so that you would take part, be a partaker of my inheritance. Verse 13, he has delivered us from the power of darkness, and he has conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love, which means transferred, or it means translated. You know, we've been translated. That is what that means, that verse. People go translate it. I don't think we're supposed to be doing that. We're not supposed to do that. Isn't that demonic? No, God actually coined that word. The devil used it for his junk. But actually, God coined that word. You know, like, this is in the word of God. So we were once in the kingdom of darkness, but he literally transferred. He has, he has literally brought us over from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. Say, I've been translated from darkness to light. I walk in the light of Christ, and I will not fear evil. I will not fear anything, because God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But you know what? This is what I want you to do. And I, I've done this, because I've had it open face on the floor as I'm praying for my loved ones. I said, Lord, I'm going to do this for like six months, just like every day, the same passage, the same passage for my children. Because you know what? Your word works. And just like, again, the analogy of war, if, if you're trying to destroy something, you're going to hit that target again and again 
and again. You don't want it limping away, do you? Think military style because this is exactly what God is doing. And so we're going to attack it. What do you mean attack it? Because you're going to speak the same word over it again. You're going to open your Bible to the same passage in Colossians again. And you're going to read these. You're going to pray them over your loved ones. And you're going to see God's righteous fruit come forth because God is faithful to his word. Thank you.